When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks to everybody who uh, who listens in every single week with the new episodes arriving every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Always appreciate your listening. Always appreciate your feedback or comments, wherever you're getting this from. Uh, even the folks who just say hi, listening from wherever you're listening from. Uh, that's always fun to hear as well. If you're not a subscriber, though, uh, I hope you do take that chance to, uh, to keep up with us uh, wherever you get your podcast from, probably wherever you're listening to this right now. Of course, you can find us at uh, iTunes and Apple Podcast on Spotify, uh, even on YouTube and all the rest of the podcast land as well. Just type in Kyle Meredith with hit that subscribe button. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Rufus Wainwright. Now, Rufus is one of my all-time favorite artists, as he is for a whole lot of you out there. And for those who do follow, you've probably noticed over the past few years, uh, at least since 2012's Out of the Game, he hasn't really given us a typical Rufus Wainwright record, as we know them anyway. Uh, there have been operas, there has been uh, Shakespeare excursions, but that all ends now with the record Unfollow the Rules. And it's an album that we're going to be talking a lot about uh, 
first off with what uh, Rufus calls second act greatness. This is what he sees as his big second act. So it's a record that speaks to his past, but also kind of sets up for whatever comes next. We'll do some comparisons, too, to uh, you know his friend Leonard Cohen, to Frank Sinatra. He mentions Paul Simon and the way that they kind of turned midway through their career, many of them to release you know their biggest records. You'll hear about what new things he gathers from pop after leaving it for most of the decade. And the album itself, it's one that kind of, uh, well, there's a lot happening, but but for chunks of it, he kind of pays tribute to uh, to Laurel Canyon, which is, you know, the area he's living in these days. So we'll be talking about the myths of that area and the history and what it's like today. And you know, was that magic still alive? And one of its biggest artists, the maybe the queen of Laurel Canyon, Joni Mitchell, who Rufus is a close friend of, uh, kind of also arrives in this record, not not personally, but uh, in the song Damsel in Distress. We'll hear exactly how she plays into that uh, with inspiration. And it's also with that in mind, uh, I gotta ask, Rufus has got a lot of famous friends, a lot of famous stories. I kind of want to hear about what his uh, what his circle of friends is like and what his life is like on a daily basis as well. And from there, we're also going to be here about the future. You know, again, is he calls it his second act. What does that mean in comparison to what he's done? And he's going to let us know a little bit, a little bit at least, a teaser about what we can expect next. So let's get into it. The album is called Unfollow the Rules. It's Kyle Meredith with Rufus Wainwright. Hello. Well, this record, Unfollow the Rules, it's it's such a great little record that we've had uh, a lot of fun playing so far. And and honestly, I think it's been said already, but it's nice to hear you kind of uh, in, in this uh, venue again with these type yes. of songs. Yes. Yeah, no, I had a fabulous journey <laughs> to the nether regions of musical kind of ability, especially when you, you know, put in the opera work. I mean, I've, I, it's... It's 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 a it's a universe I adore and and I will return to, but nonetheless it's great to be back and you know just doing what I'm really sort of mainly fashioned to do, which is to write songs and sing them and put my heart forward. Did leaving pop for this extended period of time did that teach you anything new about the genre? Was it one of those kind of scenarios? Yeah, I mean, I anything I've done in this sense, uh, whether it's you know, going to make a pop record or going to write an opera or doing the Judy Garland record. It's always been from a sincere desire just to do that for its own sake. I never have an ulterior motive, you know, that I can, you know, I don't know, guild, you know, either one of my careers with the other stuff. But that being said, inevitably you bring things back and forth. And I will say that, it, you know, now in hindsight, yeah, there was, a, there, I, I think this album is imbued with a slight, a little more drama, a little more kind of depth, and 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 some more refinement, which um, which I, I probably learned while working with you know orchestras with a certain time limit. <laughs> <laughs> I think the story goes the, the the first time around. I know you've said that in some interviews that you're working with orchestras and something like that. The time limit wasn't really on mind. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, when I when I started out in the business twenty years ago, it was an incredibly lavish kind of situation. I was, you know, on DreamWorks, uh, which at the time was a huge record label. Uh, now it doesn't exist anymore. But anyways, but it, yeah, so I, I was a bit spoiled. Um, and this record for me, really, and this is very much thanks to Mitchell Froom, the producer. He really made sure to uh, both, you know, keep the tradition of my, you know, la- of my kind of glamorous sound. Uh, but with a, a certain economy and a certain, you know, just just eye on the budget, and and, and I think, in, oddly enough, it, it, it worked well for the music. There's this kind of directness, which which works. Is it true that there are songs on here that are one take songs? It's not that they're one take. It's that there's not a ton of takes to choose from. Like 
the way to best illustrate that is that, you know, in the past, I would have, you know, gotten a guitar player, let's say, and had him play all afternoon and do all sorts of crazy things <laughs> and then, you know, sift through it over the, few, the, the many months that I was, you know, lavished with um, to, to make the record. But with this case, you know, the guitar player would come in and he would just play a part and we'd be like, that's the part, let's go in and correct it, and that's it. <laughs> and you're done in, you know, three hours as opposed to three months. So, <laughs> so it's, it's just sort of more that... Um, that 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 you know direct idea and that and that concept of you know uh, of just you know doing what's what's what works right away. <laughs> now, one thing I've been interested that you've talked about here, uh, you know, I wrote down the phrase second act greatness." Uh, you've mentioned right. Leonard Cohen. You've mentioned uh, I think you mentioned Sinatra, I think, and, and lots of other names. What do those periods look like musically? What does a second act period mean to you? I can only speak of this in terms of like the male side of of, of show business because I'm I am male I, I identify as male <laughs> and uh, and there is this tradition uh, with a lot of artists like Leonard Cohen like Frank Sinatra Paul Simon people like that who you know in their they sort of had this scrambled period in their you know really between their thirties and arguably 40s or 50s where they just you know they there's just they're kind of mourning <laughs> the passing of their unbridled youth <laughs> and there's a and there's a real confusion in terms of um what am I you know am I a dad or a lover or what and then somehow in when they, when they kind of get over that uh, early crisis um because it's not quite a midlife crisis they can they can uh re, you know reemerge as more of a kind of uh I don't know, more of a man, really, more of a complete figure and and have uh, hopefully have a little bit of wiseness, I want to say. It doesn't sound very nice, that word. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and offer something with a lot of perspective and not only about being, you know, this kind of young Turk, <laughs> but also being uh, slightly sage. So, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of going for that pocket, I guess. Like when you first when I first read that, my first thought was, um, uh, less on uh, Leonard, but more like a September, my, September, my years, uh, Sinatra, something like yes. that. It's like, oh, yes. there's that confusion. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, I, it's funny with Sinatra because, I mean, I'm not, I, even now, I mean, I'm not the biggest Sinatra fan. I mean, I admire him. I I understand why he's so great, and I and I and I, I get it. But when they did the centenary a few years ago, and there was this big, you know, there was that that documentary on PBS, that very long, you know, involved documentary. It was so fascinating to watch, and it really affected me deeply, especially you know when he hit his forties and sort of really became Sinatra. You know, before then it was always this. Was he was he kind of a matinee idol? Was he like a skinny jerk? You know, <laughs> was I mean he was always a great singer, but 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 you know was it only you know how did it was it was never quite clear what his spot was. But then in his forties, once he put that hat on, so it, he was suddenly lethal. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is fascinating to watch you know the artists that can do that because not every artist do that. So many yeah. falter when they hit that midlife yeah. period where yeah. it just seems like the creativity gets sucked out for some reason. Yeah. You don't. Don't seem to have that, especially judging from an album like this and the creativity that's happened in the last few years. It, yeah. What's the secret, if there is at all? Well, look, I mean, we'll see how the album does. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't count my my eggs, my chicks before they've hatched. But that being said, I will say that I, you know, I've made a really conscious effort all my musical life to explore really interesting avenues and try and challenge myself uh, on, on several fronts, whether it's as a singer or as a composer, or as a songwriter, and without any kind of regard for financial 
kind of markets, <laughs> you know, or what was, you know, the flavor of the month, month at that certain time. I've just, I just totally disregarded that. It's just always been about, you know, the fundamentals of music and of great music at that. So, so I went off and did that. And I, I guess hopefully now, you know, my gamble is starting to pay off. You know, I have developed into an artist that, that now with through my travels and my experiences has something to give back uh, that is lasting because that's always been the music that is interested in me most. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate the fads of the day, and and and, and actually, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of, of of a lot of the artists who manage to like really hit the nail on the head with what's going on right now. But but my soul has always been driven to what's eternal, you know, and what has lasted for hundreds of years. And and you know, so so that's um, I don't know. I, I think that that's what I'm. That's the horse I've chosen chosen to to ride on, and and I'm coming back through the village now. <laughs> uh, well, it's kind of interesting that you word it that way because one of those villages uh, is Laurel Canyon, uh, I think, yes. and, and has a big thing to do with this record. Yeah, And we know it is so much of a myth and, and the dream of the 70s. And I, I like, right. like I hear you ain't big and I hear the Laurel Canyon. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Is that one of those moments on the record that specifically speaks to that? That song in particular um, reflects my great love of Americana, you know, and and whether it's country music or folk music or Laurel Canyon, which was kind of influenced by both at the same time. You know, I, I am both a student of, of that style at this point, certainly living here now in Laurel Canyon. But also I'm from, you know, I'm from that, 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 that is my heritage as well. I mean, my mother was, was, was uh, you know, Linda Ronstadt used to sing my mother's song. So it's a long time. It's, it's, it's been a, a several cycles <laughs> that I've been involved in. Is there still magic in Laurel Canyon, the the way we oh, yeah. you know perceive it? Oh yes, there still is. I, I mean, I think it's 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 perhaps more fleeting mm-hmm. now than it than it was back in the day. But but I don't know. There's something. Um, I think it's more just the sort of surreal quality of of this this little kind of almost forest like uh, environment and very you know rustic feel right up against you know this huge city, uh, dirt big dirty L.A. city and. Um, and just how, you know, in an instant you're suddenly transported to this to this fantasy land. Yeah, I don't think it is what it once was. But I don't know, too. There's there's stuff going up in these hills, going on in these hills that, you know, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by, and 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 think is probably pretty out there. So so it could all be happening as well. But I'm also just a little older. And 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 we can't hold every every spot that's ever had you know a magical moment to 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 keep on itself you know to keep true to itself. Uh, the way we have it in our mind anyway forever but there no. seems to be something about that place that holds on to it more than than other places yes 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 no it's true and it's sort of i mean i think the other thing is that a lot of those great artists are are, are still thankfully with us mm-hmm. it's not going to be forever but you know johnny mitchell still lives around here and you know neil young and is in la so the so the the, the souls are still on, on on this planet and i do feel like in a way with this album there's also a kind of nod to 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 the fact that those people are still around and 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 that 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 what for years seemed to me overkill <laughs> in the sense like how many times you know was Bruce Springsteen on the cover of Rolling Stone you know all throughout my career um now it's a bit more precious because 
because because it, it is the final act. Well, you mentioned Joni. She kind of makes her way into the record, at least by spirit, in this song, Damsel yes. in Distress. Is that right? Yes, yes. You know, she um, that song is very much, it's not, it's not about her, Damsel in Distress. Mm-hmm. So she, she could be coined as that <laughs> at times. But anyways, but, but it's more of the chord structures and the harmonies that uh, I think were very influenced by her style. It's such a great little song. And, I, you know, I'll have to sidebar here, too, because... I love hearing your stories, and a lot of your stories have to do with other people that we're aware of, famous friends or whatever. i got to ask, are most of your friends artists? (laughs) Well, I would say, yes, I am friends with a lot of artists, and and, and I would consider, consider most of those friends to be fairly close, you know, more than acquaintances, let's say. On the other hand... I'm at, I'm you know 46 years old and I have you know we have a child and 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 so a lot of our world is is becoming more focused on on you know the needs at hand and I would say like really most I have about five or six friends now <laughs> who who I re- refer to and about you know three of them are artists and two of them aren't you know it's sort of and they're not you know they're not super famous or anything so it's actually quite uh pedestrian <laughs> when you boil it down right. but if i have but if i have to throw a fabulous dinner party i can't <laughs> what i you know it's what i think about all those great artistic circles through the years whether it stretches back to something like the algonquin or or just yeah. you know whatever but i, I yeah. feel like the rufus wainwright you know movie biopic book whatever when that arrives one day it's going to have some um some really yeah. good stuff yeah no i mean i i have I, what, what 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 i love about my kind of world is is that I've been able to really have some major contact with with classic figures you know whether it's Carrie Fisher was it was a very close friend of mine or Burt Bacharach who I see occasionally you know Elton of course and and just certain um you know people who really lived this uh in these golden ages of uh, of art um and then there's you know some younger ones too who 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 are interesting, and um, I'm sort of, I don't know, I, I, I managed to um, to be a bit of a conduit, I think, from one generation to another. But you've helped create some of those with the music, and you know, and, and yep. I'm not trying to be over-complimentary here, but uh, just there are so many classics that, that help build that story. And it's, oh, know, well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. That's very sweet of you. If this album, you know, in one sense wraps up one era, does it also start another? And or, or what does that mean for the next era? Do you, yes, do you know that, what that, that next era looks yeah, like? Yeah, well, that, that, what, what I am really happy about in terms of this record is that is that it's it it it, ha, it is a full circle you know from from the beginning of my career which started in LA 20 years ago and uh with my first record and uh even you know when you look at the artwork on the cover there you know there's a direct correlation between the two works and, you know and I work with some of the same musicians in some of the same studios so for me it's a, it's very much a bookend uh to you know the first act of my of my career which you know, when in stepping back is is quite illustrious, um, but it also gives me a chance to wipe the slate clean and start with something completely different. I mean, I'm, I've been I've been spending a lot of time in France um, and 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 kind of listening to to artists there. Um, a lot of them who are very avant-garde <laughs> and very out there and very you know disregarding of of tradition, <laughs> and uh, and that kind of interests me. So. So yeah, I think it'll, it's good. there's going to be a, uh, another left turn. Sorry, <laughs> but I'm here now. <laughs> I look forward to left turns. I, I should mention too, you, you know, uh, France. I, I think at least it's a French. The B side of "Peaceful Afternoon." That's a French version of that song. Is yeah. that right? Yes, yes, yes. Just for yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, just to uh, 
Yeah, no, uh, France is, uh, you know, France is a market that I've been working diligently to um, seize for, for, for about 20 years, actually, and it's, and it's taken that long. They're very, very hard to seduce. <laughs> so this is the, you know, hopefully this is the, uh, the knockout punch. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Rufus Wainwright, the man of French seduction. It's yes. a, the title of something somewhere. A bootleg. That's what it is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it is such an honor to talk to you again, and this record, Unfollow the Rules, is so good. And, and, and just, again, it's great to have you like this. But um, I'll look forward to the left turns as well, man. I really will. Okay. Thank you so much. All Thank right. You. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Okay. Bye. My thanks to Rufus Wainwrights. Again, the new record is called Unfollow the Rules. Thanks to him for the conversation. Thanks to you for listening to the interview. Uh, before you get out of here, again, if you're uh, already a subscriber, that's awesome. Uh, if you can give the series a rating and a review, uh, always a huge help with the, with the whole stats and analytics and keeping us going here. If you're not, I hope you enjoyed what you heard enough to hit that subscribe button. Again, you can find us at uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, at uh, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you prefer to get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with, and that's where you'll find us. We'll deliver new episodes to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a great way to keep up with uh, all things music. Your favorite artists, uh, let us introduce you to some new artists. And after that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, of music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on uh, just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.